0: Welcome to the DLA Piper Tech Law podcast series in preparation for the European Technology Summit 2021. It will be held on the 5th of October. My name is Daphne Benz. I'm a corporate partner based in the Amsterdam office of DLA Piper. Today we have Jeroen Lokeser with us. Jeroen is the Managing Director at Cushman Wakefield in the Netherlands. As a key figure at Cushman Wakefield, Jeroen is an expert on the subject of real estate with a vast amount of experience. Today, he will share his views regarding the development of smart cities. So for the benefit of our listeners, Jeroen, can you introduce yourself?
1: Thank you. I'm Jeroen Lokers. I'm responsible for the Dutch Cushman Wakefield business. And in the EMEA leadership team, I'm responsible for innovation and uh, and making this company more data-driven. Our our real purpose is making real estate transparent. And doing that is possible when we start to measure more. And and that means becoming more data-driven giving our clients better data driven advice.
0: Thank you, Jeroen. And for the benefit of our listeners, note that this podcast precedes a panel discussion Jeroen will be joining us on, which is set to explore emerging technologies as part of our DLA Piper European Technology Summit 2021, which will be held on the 5th of October via a virtual platform online this year. And now on smart cities. I think there are two global developments that seem to be unrelated at first glance, but which can jointly play a role, a vital role in solving today's and tomorrow's problems. One of them is the progressing digitalization in all areas of life. And the other is the worldwide growth of population. By the middle of this century, about 10 billion people will be living on this planet. Two thirds of them will be living in cities or mega cities with more than 10 million inhabitants, just like present day New York, Tokyo, and Shanghai. Smart cities seem to be one of the concepts to keep the ever-growing megacities livable, sustainable and safe. Urban development and the real estate sector can play an important role in the transformation to smart cities, and therefore we are here to discuss this topic today. So Jeroen, thanks for joining us. May I first ask to start and to give our listeners an idea of what it is to come and something to think about. Could you be so kind as to give us a brief overview of what Cushman and Wakefield focuses on and how you try to anticipate on the issues and opportunities regarding ever-growing cities. Maybe you can give also some examples of the current and future projects or developments that you're working on.
1: Yes, I'm really happy to do so. And um, We are a real estate uh, company and we're actually pretty traditional. eh? Real estate industry is traditional in total but our company as well. And in a f- since a few years, we're now transforming the company in a professional service company, which basically means that we are going to be a partner to our clients, but we're also going to be uh, a partner in the big questions that we have as cities and how they evolve. Um, we expect that it will be way more data-driven going forward. And my personal ambition is to make real estate transparent. And making it transparent is only possible when you're going to start measuring stuff and measuring things. And you're going to be based... decisions on the data you are able to collect but also the analysis you can make with the data and that change making it transparent using data to do it will lead to a professionalization of our industry but it will also lead to more efficient and more sustainable cities so the ambitions are very very big but our daily work is is uh is is on the floor and that is every day a small step forward becoming more data driven and making sure that clients can make better decisions
0: yeah so then. A follow-up question on that would be that what role the real estate market can really play in the development of smart cities. So can you maybe explain what exactly you can do to contribute to that development and how that should be implemented in these ever-growing cities and the the current environment?
1: Yeah, I, I actually think that society underestimates the role of the real estate industry. I think it's crucially important to how we feel and how we live and if we can be successful because the smartest thing in a city is still the people that live there or the talent you can attract. And they will simply demand that buildings are smarter and that they can live an efficient lifestyle, more data-driven, and also that it can be a more sustainable lifestyle. So I think real estate plays a crucial role. We also know that, that, that Churchill once said, we first shape our buildings and thereafter they shape us. I actually believe that we can think that a level higher and that basically means we first shape our environments and thereafter the environment shapes us. So we can be successful if we create an environment that allows us to be successful, To it allows us to interact in a good way with each other, it allows us to be innovative, to be creative and if we can shape that together, we can be stronger as a, as, as a country, as a city, as a world and we can overcome those big challenges of sustainability and we can overcome That we are so many people on this on this beautiful planet and make it a stronger better and nicer place
0: okay but that all sounds a bit philosophical Jeroen I mean we have the reality of the data and the growing population and the people want clean air they want uh, a, a responsible government they want buildings where they feel at home so there's a lot of challenges and a lot of demands from these smart people Um, And and if I hear you correctly, you say we will follow that development or they will demand it from us. Isn't that too reactive?
1: Well, I'm not so sure if it's reactive. eh? I think that there's big change in society and, and actually a situation like COVID that is like a mirror. It stops everything a little bit. And after that, it will speed up. I think the developments have started. This will be a society which is more data driven. And now I I believe that that we have to try to make real estate transparent, to become more data-driven, to make it more efficient, that people make better decisions. And uh, to, to be honest, on the one hand, it's following what's happening in society. And on the other hand, it's leading to make it more successful what what uh, what they're asking. Eh? So we can gather gather data, whatever we want, but we need to know what we want to gather. We need to know what we want to do with it. Just collecting data doesn't make a smart city. You have to collect the right things. You have to be able to make the the good analysis to actually do something with it. Because in the end, it's not the data, it's the data being used to make decisions that make it a better, smarter place to be in.
0: Do you have already an example, maybe in Amsterdam or in any other city, that Kutchen and Wakefield contributed to that development?
1: Um, yeah, absolutely. We're we clearly trying to push uh, more data-driven decisions. Huh? And that, that basically means that in the past, you would always think of a broker that he has his... Uh, his opinion of what the value could be, or the opinion was a good location. Every decision there is fully data-driven. Right? We, we make a full assessment what a good place for a company could be to be successful in. And uh, those guidelines are, are different than what they used to be. So uh, every day we become a little bit more data-driven. Every day we can uh, make smarter and better decisions for our clients to decide on how, where to be, how to develop their, their office or how to make sure that their workplace is actually doing what they want for their people. And that basically means how can you maximize what's within people to, uh, to be productive, to contribute to a team, to contribute to the ambitions of any company.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. And I think you, you also um, published a report, Europe's top 25 tech investment destinations. Uh, And it highlights that certain cities, which are the obvious ones, like Dublin, London, Paris, and Amsterdam, they will remain attractive for tech companies and smart people wanting to work at those tech companies. But there's also other destinations like Barcelona, Lisbon, Sofia, Bucharest, and Kiev that are emerging as those destinations, so competing with the more traditional uh, cities. And what are the market drivers, in your view, and from the report that you've produced, that? Um, m- make those developments into maybe eh, uh, moving to other cities in Europe uh, for tech companies and smart people who want to work there?
1: Yeah, for for centuries, innovation uh, happens in cities. If you put more people together, there's more innovation. Eh? You, you stimulate creativity and you stimulate new ideas and you stimulate ways to make it more efficient. Eh? If you have, with a, have to live with a lot of people in a small place, you have to find ways to keep it as nice as if it was somewhere else with more space. So so that's super important. If you look now and where there's a clear wall on talent, a clear wall on talent to uh, to attract the best tech people for those smart solutions, um, I believe it's mainly about yeah quality of life and creating an environment where, it's, where it's, uh, likewise people, people who want to be, who want to innovate, people who want to... Uh, improve something. And and, and luckily, the past few years, we see it more and more that it's not just about financial gain, but also a real gain for a society or for the planet. So the innovation that's increasing sustainability in cities, that, that is fantastic to see that happening now and see that change. And then you'll see new cities come up where the quality of life is really good and where young talent says, that's where I would like to spend my life, to work hard, but also to have this lifestyle that uh, is not just making it probably uh, more difficult for this planet but actually making it a bit of a better place. And that combination is is something that you will probably see around a lot and that's probably also one of the bases why Berlin is so attractive to a lot of talent but also why uh, the city I live in Amsterdam is so uh, much uh, in favor with uh, with young people.
0: Yeah. But but so there is competition and uh, skyrocketing house prices, rental uh, the rent um, pay they do not help such development. I think we've seen that in London and we're also seeing that in Amsterdam at the moment. Isn't that a big threat to uh, uh, those talent talented people wanting to live in those cities?
1: Yes, it is yeah, and and we can see that currently in a lot of places. Uh, there's not enough balance yeah? and, and you see that it's very difficult to find good housing or it's extremely expensive if that's London, Paris, Amsterdam and um, the key difficulty is to balance I think your economic uh, aspects with your social aspects and uh, in a way that it's long term sustainable and balancing that out I think we, we think of that much better now and I can see it in Dutch politics, I think in the UK, in London, people will see that maybe a few decades ago, they thought a bit differently about it, but now it's it's bringing back that, that that balance in society. On the other hand, I also believe that those cities have a certain quality where it's okay to have a little bit smaller area to live in, a smaller house, and that uh, talent is, is willing to sacrifice space for the dynamics you feel in the city. And for the last year, I hear some people leaving cities uh, to go further out. And that's great. Get out of those cities. Make space for young people with ambitions. Make space for people who uh, really want to contribute to the to the developments that happen in those cities. Because for now, and in decades from now, innovation will happen in cities. That's where it will be. That's where the energy will sit.
0: Okay. So there is hope for uh, cities that have been. Uh, on top of that development in the past, and that now have the competition of other cities, as long as, if I understand you correctly, they find the right balance between economic um, incentives and social desires, if I understand you correctly.
1: Absolutely. And um, if you can keep a certain quality of life that that, uh, attracts the talent and the people that you would like to attract to your city because of the qualities that you have, eh? if you're a tech, comp, tech city or if you are more in finance, uh, you, you need to be able to yeah, actually be fully aligned with, with what future talent in that industry wants. And uh, I think that quality of life in most cities is increasing significantly. Eh? The, 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 the air quality is increasing in every big city. Uh, I think commute times are increasing in most cities by new developments and uh, new subways. Um, and, and those challenges, yeah, let, let's say it, I think the, the key opportunity for London is to make sure that people can get to work easier by bike or by or walking, yeah? because I think that will really attract new talent. And then you might say, well, the city has not been designed like that. Yeah? Uh, and and I know that that's the case, but still now think about it. What can uh, London be in 20 or 30 years from now to attract people who like to have a 15 minute city feel, yeah? everything is walk or bike distance, because I think that's what will attract uh, key talent. eh? You can't force them into a certain area. People will uh, find a certain quality of life, a certain lifestyle, and within that lifestyle, they'll try to contribute and probably achieve their ambitions uh, uh, on a a, a work field.
0: And and up to now, we've been talking mostly about the environment uh, of the city. And what about buildings? So, how important is the environment of the building? We said clean air and, and, and a nice place to work. But what, what is key in the development of the buildings, the smart buildings?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think for a very long time um, the decision about workplace have been made by the by the CFO or CEO of company. And going forward, it should clearly be centered around your talent. How, how can your talent contribute most to your organization, to your team, or how can the talent be most successful? And because of last year, the office is going to have to compete with a home office. And the workplace is going to have to compete with a home office. If somebody would say, well, I work better from home, he, he will probably work from home. And in the past, we would say, no, 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 you have to get to the office. You have to get to work. So it means that you create an environment where you can uh, maximize um, what, what's within people. Yeah, how they can work together best, how they can concentrate best. As sometimes we think if you can work from home, you should work from home because I don't believe in it at all. I believe in uh, making sure that people can be most successful, making sure that they work together best. And, and, and maybe even above all, work is always together, that they can be together the best performance from a team. And uh, does that mean that you have to force people to work? Of course not. You have to make sure that you create an environment where people want to be. And and we also have to create environments where talent says, I feel at home there. I think that's the place where I want to be successful because the the war for talent will go on. And if you want to attract the best talent, make sure that they want to be with you. And um, the building as part of a success of a company has been underestimated. eh? I've said many times that I even think it might be more important for a company where they are located and what kind of workplace they create than what they actually do.
0: And, and how could a culture be reflected in a building? If you talk about smart cities, talent, attracting talent, remaining attractive as a city for young people to come in and to innovate, how, how, how does a building contribute to that image and that likability and that drive to come to the office and work together and innovate?
1: if you want to attract talent and you do it in, a, in, in an open space where you try to stimulate working together you will attract different talent. so that's super important now then getting back to smart buildings i believe that, that the smartest thing in a building one is the people and secondly is, is, is this thing is your phone and that, that will give you so much data that you can create in a building um an environment including a climate, your lights, your temperature, that will adapt to what's, what you think is, is best, how you can be most successful. And that way of creating efficiency, but also a quality within the office is going to contribute to what kind of talent you can attract or how, how people will feel, including if people get sick or stay healthy
0: at work. As we know in smart cities, the internet of things and big data is one of the key drivers to combine all that information. However, there's also, of course, restrictions to that. Um, Do you at Kashmir Wakefield talk about those restrictions and and privacy or cyber attack risks? Is that something that is part of your uh, advisory role? Of course, we as lawyers do that, but is that also part of your advisory role when talking about a smart building or smart cities?
1: Uh, It's definitely a big topic, and and we've all experienced a topic uh, last year with uh, can you... uh what can you measure in buildings and what, what is privacy? Eh? Do you want to measure temperatures of people when they walk in or not? Now, clearly in Holland, we don't. Eh? Um, but but that, that is a big topic. And we, in our headquarters, we measure everything. We measure the temperature, the air quality. We, we measure if people keep distance and we do it with cameras. And the cameras are, we can just see if there's a person or not, but we can't um, see if it's individuals. But, but the data it generates is, is fantastic, it's enormous. So we can, for instance, see now how um, meeting rooms are being used, if they're being used enough every day or not, if we need more meeting rooms, if we need more toilets, if we need more space and what spaces are uh, people actually attracted to. And, yeah. and that data will be a, uh, a fundament of making sure that the office will look differently going forward. It will make sure that we can use them more efficiently. It will make sure that uh, for our clients, it will be cheaper, but a better quality and happier employees. And that part of advising is clearly becoming into our industry. And that is uh, very different to what a traditional broker used to do, but it's going to be a crucial tool for any broker going forward. Data-driven advice to our clients so they can make the best decisions.
0: And and uh, perhaps COVID was a catalyzer of that development.
1: Absolutely. That,
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: for, for me, look, I... COVID has been extremely painful. It's a horrible pandemic. Yeah, but it, it also created an environment where you had to be more creative. You had to rethink everything you were doing. And, it, and, and on one end, it created a standstill, which is fine. But then start running, go fast, adopt the changes that you've seen. If you've seen something where you now think of it, it wasn't very smart to do it this way, change it. And, and the change now is, 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 is happening. And and we see it uh, basically everywhere. And I think we see it also how fast the world is getting out of this crisis and how uh, quickly economies recover, Uh, partly because of uh, governmental aid, but also partly because I think we're stimulating creativity. I I think we're creating a new Roaring Twenties where people want to move forward. They they have had a standstill and now they want to run. They want to make things. and. If we can do it in a way that we actually make the right decisions, we learn from our mistakes. Eh? And, and I have to say as well, we not always do that, unfortunately. Eh? I, I, yeah, we, we have both experienced a former financial crisis and to see things you thought will never happen again, they happen again. Hopefully, this pandemic will uh, create change for the better. Keeping it the same or doing things the same as they used to be before COVID would be stupid. Optimize, make it better. There, there are enough learnings. There are enough learnings.
0: We briefly touched about regulatory reforms, how governments can help. Um, how, what do you as, what do real estate companies, what do does the development of smart cities from a real estate perspective, what do you need from government or from municipalities in order to uh, to stay number one as an attractive city for for smart talent?
1: Yeah, uh, and and that is. Um, I, I'm going to tell it a little bit more from the Dutch perspective, what I see here in Holland, eh, because that, that is clearly what I'm, where I'm working every day. But most importantly for a city is that the city needs to know what they want to be. That city needs to know what their ambition is. The city needs to know what direction they would like to go. And once you've done that, you can uh, try try to, uh, to get there and, and the real estate industry can try to help you get there. What I see in real estate and real estate development, nothing is short term. Everything is for the long term. So you need to have very long term goals to uh, achieve those ambitions. And we now see quite often that regulations uh, are very strict. So governments and cities, they make it very strict how to develop. And I would say that they have to try to facilitate in a different level where your long-term vision is very clear, but within the developments itself or within the buildings that are being developed, give more flexibility so they can adapt to, to changes in society. And-
0: anyway, how do you mean they are being strict? Can you be more concrete in the sense, what, what are they preventing you from doing in, in, in the development that you would like to do?
1: Now, what, what we see very often is that zoning plans are very strict even in the regulation what kind of building can be developed within it, there's very strict guidelines of what's allowed and what's not allowed. While the timelines are often very long. And for buildings, there's two things really important. They have to be flexible and they have to have the smallest possible uh, carbon footprint. Um, And within that, more freedom and flexibility would be a great thing. The most sustainable buildings in Amsterdam are still the canal houses that they have been used for storage, for resi, for retail. And that makes it successful. And that makes it so attractive for many centuries. So flexibility within buildings and within zoning plans is going to be more important when society changes so quickly. The demands of what we want is is important. We we don't know what the future will look like. We don't know if uh, 3D printing will become big and production will change significantly. We don't know how fast robotization will go in in the workplace and what it would mean to how we use offices or how we use those buildings um, where we now have a lot of storage from stuff that's being produced uh, in in the east or in 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 asia and you have to be able to adopt to those changes and and I think we can learn a lot then from how cities were once uh, started and how those buildings were made what we currently see is that 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 there are certain cities that are growing super fast. They're becoming very, very big, 20 million plus citizens. And going forward, the question will be, what kind of quality of life do people expect and what size of a city is needed to stimulate creativity to its most, to be as innovative as the most? And I think for a long period of time, we thought bigger is better. The biggest cities are the winning cities. I'm not sure for the next decades if the biggest cities are the winning cities. Maybe it's better to... um, have a size that optimizes the advantages of people being together, but minimizes the disadvantages of many people being together. And that's what we're currently learning, I think, where uh, most opportunity sits. And yeah, again, then you'll see cities as Berlin being very, very popular, even on a global scale.
0: So s- smart city development is um, catalyzed by the emergence of Internet of Things. Eh? So um the connectivity of internet devices of data um uh, how how do you within cushion and Wakefield use that uh, in in your development of smart cities and buildings do you have some concrete examples of that
1: yeah i think the key driver will be that we'll try to make buildings and cities more sustainable and it basically means that we're going to use sensors to measure everything in buildings and those sensors we put on the wall, we put in the building, and they will create so much data and insights that by itself, um, you'll become a smarter city. And this works so well through sustainability because at this moment, it is very, uh, from a value perspective, interesting to make your building more sustainable. A greener building has a higher value. And making it greener is partly because of sensors and meshing what you do, because then you can actually optimize your energy use. You can optimize your carbon footprint. That will be the first driver in in, in getting there, making it more smart, and at the same time, making it greener with a smaller carbon footprint. And we'll take the lead in it as a a company. It will be a key driver to create smaller carbon footprints. And you do it partly by more sensors in your building and optimizing and 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 basically do investments in the building because simply they have a higher value.
0: And and you think the market is ready? For absolutely, it now? absolutely um, ready. Maybe some years ago, and and part of that is be- because of a higher value. Because if if people are not attracted by the ESG and the environmental impact, they might be attracted by the fact that they will get a higher price.
1: It's the great combination, and 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 we're right there now. It, it's, ESG is important. Companies want it, so you can actually. Try to optimize your buildings and the energy use goes down so quickly that, uh, yeah, it's not only that higher value, it's easier to finance or get financing for those buildings. So that is like uh, something uh, that has started yeah, That yeah, that, yeah. that catalyst uh, will, will, will go on and uh, that will have a huge improvement to, uh, to quality of life in cities.
0: Yeah. And that momentum is there. That's what you see and feel in the markets. So yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, Absolutely.
0: Of, of course that has a downside huh? um, and we brief, briefly touched upon that earlier the downside of, of having and gathering all those data is of course that someone else c- could go and run with it uh, have you experienced that already in real life or your developments and and what is your plan to try to prevent that and advise your customers about
1: yeah i i, I don't think we've seen that yet in real estate because we are so uh, behind huh? that we're not collecting enough data yet to uh, uh, to have those, those sensitivities. I think at, at, at many cases, it's not so individual on an individual basis for employees that for now it's not, it's not the case. But going forward, you can actually imagine that it needs more attention. We now most of it see that um, privacy around, for instance, energy use makes it difficult to optimize buildings, to make them greener, to make sure that investments by the real estate owner Actually, also being able to get the value back because of a lower annual bill at the at the tenant, and there you could try to optimize uh, ways to uh, to more data sharing between uh, tenant and tenant and an investor. And we do realize that there might be some privacy issues or other kind of ways that 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 comes with that.
0: Yeah, and also um, the use by others of data in 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 terms of a cyber attack. Eh? We we've, we've seen that a lot, of course, with with servers and and the whole development of communicating through computers, that that's a risk for companies. Do you see that as a same threat when buildings are becoming more smart, that that will be a target? Is that something that you're preparing yourselves for and, and your clients?
1: No, I, I think we have to be fully aware of it. And, and I think most companies are because they know from their, the most important data they have is probably their company data, which they currently already have to protect fully because it's fully in the cloud. Yeah. Yeah, so I think we should be able to overcome those. And, and do we have to be careful? We have to be careful. But we can learn a lot from other industries as well. And we can learn a lot from yeah, how we currently protect our data, which is in the cloud for most companies. So I don't see it as a big issue, but it needs sufficient attention.
0: Well, it has been a great pleasure, Janun, uh, to listen to your uh, short-term vision, but especially your long-term vision. And uh, we are very much looking forward to following up on this discussion on the 5th of October when we have our live event Uh, in the DLA Piper Technology Summit 2021. So thank you very much for that.
1: Thank you. I look really forward to it, having a real debate, real discussions, because uh, together we can make it better and we can find solutions to uh, some of those big questions of how to make cities more livable and smarter.